What were our other options? Slavery or burning to death? Caterpillars or prostitutes. Friday, July 5th, 2019, the day after America's birthday, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Molly Quell, Dutch News contributing editor and whale expert, and with me today are Gordon Derrick, my fellow contributing editor at Dutch News and coffee expert, and Paul Paters, master's student in civil engineering and ex-on-the-beach UK expert. Wow. Now that's incorrect. We got got a lot of experts. I am um, ex-on-the-beach Double Dutch expert. Oh, double oh, Dutch right. expert. Yeah, it's the Dutch version. Oh, yeah. it's the Dutch version. Apparently, it's even into. worse. That makes the... more sense. Is it? Is yeah. it? How could it be worse? Okay, first of all, because can you please? Dutch. And Belgians. <laughs> and Belgians oh, are there. There you go. For There's... some reason, they they didn't include Belgium in the title. Now I can come to think of it. <laughs> no, I can understand but, why exactly. Yeah. Why <laughs> most of them are Belgians. By Given the way. it's on Dutch TV. Yeah. Uh, can some? Can you explain to me what? the hell this is I had to go look this up I just saw you tweeting with this like weird hashtag and I had to go google it and was like what is this thing welcome to middle age Molly thank you it's lovely here it's a uh, reality show where a bunch of young people who um, think they are very attractive are put on an island and every day and one of their exes are <laughs> added to the group and oh. uh, sometimes these exes are they didn't broke up very well mm-hmm. so that you know you are a drama expert yeah. as we, mm-hmm. as we just uh, came to think that's a, that would have been a better a better title for you this week drama by the way expert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true drama stirrer drama yeah. stirrer yeah. so every time there's a new ex uh, coming on that island, uh, another level of drama is added. Ah. So yeah. as the season proceeds, um, things get more complicated. Yeah. Uh, there are m- love tri- triangles, love uh, pentagons. There is it's it's all sorts of <laughs> terrible drama, but it's this just irresistible. And you're watching this on a regular basis. I'm watching this every Sunday night. Yes. Wow. Are you gonna watch the football match tomorrow instead of this? Um, it's tomorrow. It's Saturday. Oh, so, sorry, uh, <laughs> on Sunday night. Um, you see, we've got an expert panel here for the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the um, I I haven't decided yet. Oh, so, them uh, fighting right. words. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, Gordon, what's with your uh, coffee polls on Facebook, Twitter? Where I had you one put- coffee poll on Twitter because I just randomly one day I had I had some uh, leftover. You were cold. worried about the coffee. I had some leftover cold coffee. No, I just found it in the mug and I just. Oh God. You just was- found it like on the streets or <laughs> no, no, no. It was in that mug I, in I, my I, house I and it was you know how you sometimes. Uh, again, this is something that will happen more and more as you get older, Molly. But you know, you, you make a cup of tea or coffee, and then you only drink half of it, and you forget about it an hour later. Oh, that happens to me all the time. The already. Exactly, I'm that's what happened. Old. So yeah. I found this mug of coffee, uh, cold coffee, so I just tweeted, "What do people do with coffee? Do you drink it cold? Do you heat it up, or do you chuck it out?" What was the response? Uh, yeah, most people were sensible and just drank it cold. Wow! Because if you try and heat it up in the microwave, it just turns into something horrible. Just, it just, just, just tastes just like yes. burnt Paul, coffee. Paul, what are you basically. doing? I, my coffee is leaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not a coffee expert. Clearly not. Clearly not. Uh, I I will make a note that we, uh, a few weeks ago, had a coffee incident in the (laughs) podcast studio, and now all of us are banished from using actual mugs, and we all have to use basically adult sippy cups for our our beverages. Yes, and even that is not working. No, and even (laughs) that is, you're spilling it everywhere. We're going to take a picture of our adult sippy cups and post it on Instagram (laughs) today. Yes, we will do that. We will do that. But I'm just uh, glad to see that everybody uh, just doesn't put their coffee in the microwave, because that's just horrible. Wanna, do we want to hear a horrible confession? No, but yeah, you are American. We know that you are doing yes. that. But well, so but we don't own a microwave. We have no microwave. Oh, so I. Oh, no, I, no, no, do I? I, I don't know. So when I I uh, 
when I do this, I pour it into a pot and reheat it on the stove. <laughs> it's actually not as bad, I think. No, it's, still it's not, quite awful. It's quite awful, but <laughs> yeah. it's not as bad. That's it's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Molly, what's with the whale? Um, I've been uh, listening you've been to di- Moby You've been diving Dick. into whales. I've been listening to Moby Dick, and it's the worst. Yeah. And I've been complaining just literally to anyone who will listen about how awful this or not listen. Is, or not listen. I really don't care if you listen. Best <laughs> not to listen. Um, you yeah. approach random people on the street to, to, to complain about that this. That is definitely day. true. But, but uh, is this not the, the, the one of the highlights of your, your country's literary, literary yes. history? Yes, and yes. why? I don't understand. It's so bad. And yeah, we have Rian Walker, so everybody seems to love him. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. Yeah. He's the only thing worse than him is the Moby evenings. Dick. So come on. <laughs> um, I mean, at least... Unlike Dutch literature, American literature has a number of redeeming books as well. Um, but Moby Dick is real bad. But it's, it's, a, it's a huge book, right? It's, well, so I'm listening to the audiobook, and oh. it's 26 hours long. And you don't even get to the phrase Moby Dick until you are five hours mm. into the audiobook. <laughs> so you don't know what the book is about. No. Yeah. And <laughs> this week, I got a 37-minute treatise, which I know this because, of course, it's an audiobook, so I can see how long this plays for, about whale sperm. Um, <laughs> and the main character just describing massaging whale sperm. Um, so please don't read this book. It's terrible. <laughs> this, is my, this is my advice to you. Oh, yeah. that's this week's takeaway don't, yes. don't read Moby Dick don't read Moby Dick yeah. Paul you're here to do Alpef yes yeah. oh I completely forgot about the Alpef tell us about the Alpef yes. yeah well I'm sorry are you gonna you're gonna say this word out loud yes no, you I will. will that's excellent yeah. I'm looking forward to that well the past few weeks we've had a couple of signs that the uh, apocalypse is upon us uh, for example, the um, anarchy and fights at a blocker discount uh, sale, <laughs> the Albert Heijn pin storing oh, when pin people storing. didn't pay for their groceries at Albert Heijn, and the 112 storing when uh, emergency service couldn't be reached. But another one can be added to the list. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Uh, because in the past few weeks, the Netherlands has been plagued by the so-called Eiken Processierups. Right. Now, what is this? Is that some kind of giant sea monster or like a sort of fire-breathing dragon or, you know, some kind of uh, plague of uh, your poisonous toads that survive in the country? It's a very tiny caterpillar. <laughs> yes. It's a very tiny, very, very hairy, tiny. very hairy caterpillar. Yes. Uh, <laughs> How do we live in a country, Gordon, where the, the most dangerous form of wildlife is a tiny, exactly. mildly annoying caterpillar? Because we built fences around our <laughs> national park so the wolves cannot come in. Um, yeah, the oak processionary is a caterpillar that lives on oak trees and their phenomenous hairs can cause skin irritation and asthma. Yeah. Their name comes from their preference for oak trees and the fact that they travel in nose-to-tail processions. So this is like the human centipede of the caterpillar <laughs> world? <laughs> yeah, but then the number of caterpillars has been tripled since last year and already between 60 to 100,000 people had uh, medical complaints. Uh, these tiny hairs, they stick yeah. in, your, yeah. in, your, in yeah. your skin and the, you can't get them out. You have to... You you have to pull them out with tweezers. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or sticky tape. Yeah. Or sticky tape. Around yourself yeah. And pull yeah. it off. Which yeah. is real unpleasant if you also have hair wherever mm. that uh, particular yeah. caterpillar bit has ended up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's becoming a real plague and uh, many people have uh, concerns and questions and therefore the government opened a special website <laughs> called processirups.eu where you can find answers to the... Uh, is it not processirups.nu? No, it? it's AU. Oh, is it? Okay, right. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's what the NRS said. Uh, oh, 
Oh, okay, uh, well, I, I didn't go to the website though. <laughs> but if you, uh, I've seen uh, people posting uh, photos of, of maps of municipalities because yeah. municipalities they 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 mark all the trees where where the uh, processuruses mm-hmm. uh, live on. Uh, and f- uh, for Amsterdam, the city center is fine, but all the other areas uh, of the Gemeente Amsterdam they are filled with these little spots, and yeah. that means that the processuruses you can find them there. That's but it's nice. really annoying because there are so many oak trees in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and especially when it's nice weather, you go outside and then you want to sit under an oak tree. Yeah, yeah. and these hairs they uh, they um, uh, these caterpillars they release them so they get yeah. blown. Uh, they shoot them out for when they, when they feel threatened or under attack. Exactly, yeah. and they we, feel threatened or under yeah. attack very easily apparently yeah. so yeah very they're easily triggered yeah. they're yeah. easily triggered they're yeah. the snowflake of the uh, <laughs> insect world exactly. so uh, yeah be careful for the possession rubs and if you have questions go to this website yeah. and now it's just waiting until this uh, rubs get a uh, flag or a reality yeah. show yeah. or a Twitter account or a Twitter actually you know what you, well, you know how it would make this uh, X on the beach TV show more interesting they just <laughs> filled all of the trees instead of going to, an, uh, to a tropical island go to an oak tree filled island yeah, yeah that would be nice that would be entertaining I think this week, we'll tell you why Mark Rutte had to come to the defense of Queen Maxima, what cycling fines and STDs have in common, and how the Netherlands is going to save the planet from burning. In our discussion, we talk about the only thing anyone wants to talk about, women's soccer. VVD politician Jan Anthony Bruin has been named the new leader of the Dutch Senate. The politician replaces Anki Broekers Knol, Anki Brookers Knoll. Anki Brookers Knoll. It's still great when you it's say it. It's a great it. name. It's a, na- a great name. And we thought she left politics, but uh, but luckily for us, she's now junior justice minister. So we can hopefully say her name on future podcasts. Mm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, she wasn't listed for the Senate as part of a policy to rejuvenate the chamber. And now they um, they named this uh, very old guy as their new leader. So that doesn't mm. make any sense. But They're all going to get facelifts and like, I don't know, <laughs> do a skin, new skincare regime. <laughs> oh, wow. That would be awful. Brown won the uh, election if eventually over Ruart Gansevoort from that's GroenLinks. A, that's also a name. Mm. That's also a name, yes. Yeah. Joris Becker from uh, the D66 Liberal Democrats and Twan Beukering for the far-right uh, Forum for Democracy. Bruin and Gansevoort made the last round and Bruin uh, won uh, with 34 votes to 28. 11 votes were returned blank, coincidentally the number of seats by the, uh, held by the Forum for Democracy. Mm. Interesting. Brown has been an influential politician within his party for years, according to the NUS. Uh, he is a qualified doctor and a university lecturer as well. And when people ask him how he was going to combine these, uh, you know, his busy uh, mm. other works with uh, with this uh, new position, he said that he discussed it with the university and then he made some good arrangements. All right. Yeah, hopefully that, uh, that will work out. The VVD is currently the largest party in the Senate alongside uh, the Forum for Democracy. And there were some uh, disapproving sounds coming from The Hague about Queen Maxima's latest trip to Japan, were there not, Paul? Yes, Queen Maxima was at the G20 summit in Osaka in Japan last week when uh, where she met Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Did she also try to interrupt any conversations with Christine Lagarde and Theresa May? Uh, no, oh, even okay. though she is just family of some uh, some uh, some leader, mm-hmm. but you know she was invited uh, yeah. as well. But no, she didn't uh, interrupt any conversations. Mm. That's what the problem she didn't mention anything in yeah. conversation yeah. that's basically the problem yes uh, because MPs have criticized uh, her and the government for not mentioning the murder of journalist uh, Jamal Khashoggi during the meeting Khashoggi was killed in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in October 2018 uh, and UN investigators have implicated the prince in the death of the journalist uh, Prime Minister Margrethe defended the queen he said this is not her job to deliver pol- uh, diplomatic messages and uh, the Netherlands have already expressed this disgust at the killing of uh, Khashoggi Uh, 
um, through the uh, appropriate channels. Foreign Minister Steph Bloch said that he decided to uh, let the meeting go uh, because if uh, they had cancelled the meeting, uh, they would have been interfering politically with the important work Queen Maxima does for the UN. She is uh, she works at the UN at, uh, as the Secretary General's Special Advocate for Inclusive Finance for Development. So yeah. she's advocating uh, around the world for microfinancing and making yeah. uh, people financially de- uh, independent, independent from, yeah. uh, and, and, and especially, and especially, women, women, yes, especially yeah. women. And she so wasn't there on behalf of the Netherlands. She, no, was, she was there, there at, in her position the, as the UN. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so. nevertheless, she is a queen in the Netherlands. And uh, I suppose Steph Block was saying it, it would have been interfered with her important work uh, keeping keeping Sturm about uh, embarrassing murders in embassies. But still, if she, if she would have cancelled the meeting and said, no, I w- don't want to talk with this guy. I mean, in the, in the yeah. world of international diplomacy, there are a bunch of, of, of awful, very awful people. And yeah. if she just decided not to talk to this guy, then the, these, 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 uh, the voices of these women that she represents in, in microfinancing, they wouldn't have been heard. And then what what benefit would that have? Uh, yeah, I mean, been? I think this it's, it's a bit of a tough spot because you know, you're not, you have to, if you're going to work with anything with regards to the UN, you have to work with a lot of countries who have a completely garbage human rights record for many reasons. And for example, the US, for example, the US, (laughs) and we've chosen to get involved to get in, you know, very upset at the Khashoggi murder because it was so weird and sensational. But like Saudi Arabia has been doing terrible things to Mm. dissidents and this kinds of stuff, which like everybody's just kind of like ignoring for, for years. So, I mean, I think that she shouldn't, I think I think Rita's right to defend her. She's there, yeah. you know, on a particular diplomatic mission, not on behalf of the Netherlands, and that like, you know, kicking this guy while they're in this meeting, I don't think serves any greater good. Yeah, but she's not just kicking over just a small thing. This is actually somebody who's been murdered in an embassy. There's an awful lot of op-eff about it, you know, and it, it's a public platform, and she's got a very high profile. And I don't think cancelling the meeting was uh, would have been solved anything. But uh, just to not mention it at all, I think a lot of people were critical of her of that. Was it, you're effectively c- condoning it by silence, by mm. your complicity. Yeah, I guess that's, um, that's a fair So, so to make absolutely no mention of it at all, either in the meeting or in the context of the meeting, say in a press conference afterwards or whatever, even just a note to say, you know, we continue to just to voice your disapproval and to just keep the pressure on Saudi Arabia not to feel like it can just carry on as normal and get away with this. Yeah. But that's why we have the Steph Blocks in this world to do these kind of works and that's yeah. not the job of Maxima. She's not there to deliver diplomatic messages. That's just not her job. I, mean, I do so. think it's slightly different because she's not there on behalf yeah. of the Dutch government, right? Like she's there in this role. No, but it's not just the Dutch government that's getting in, that's making an issue of the murder of Khashoggi. This is an international. This is an international outrage that yeah. everyone is up in arms about. Yeah, but nobody seems and to be up in arms with her meeting for any of the other people who like <laughs> murder journalists in their own countries, right? I mean, like, is she supposed to? declare before every meeting that like here's a litany of bullshit shit that countries have done over the years i mean if you're working with countries where they need a lot of microfinance development i mean you're working with a lot of countries who have garbage human rights records i mean not just saudi arabia but you know here's yeah. a long list of countries that have like terrible human rights yeah. records yeah but i think this this wasn't just about microfinance was it this is a general sort of handover meeting because saudi arabia is the chair of the next g20 so yeah. it's a bit more of an open agenda here yeah. and there's an opportunity to just you know i'm not saying she should have talked about it for three hours but to to, to note the fact that you know the the world still disapproves of what saudi arabia the fact that saudi arabia has, has gone and killed somebody in what's supposed to be a safe area of a, of a consulate yeah yeah, I don't disagree with that, I guess. But I'm sure Khashoggi is aware that the Netherlands uh, 
Uh, well, Khashoggi's not aware of anything. Khashoggi's not aware of anything, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The Crown Prince is probably aware that the Netherlands disapproves of uh, the whole Khashoggi situation. Yeah. And there's also some uh, some news from Brussels. Some yeah. disappointing news. Disappointing, very disappointing. Dutch yeah. politician Frans Timmermans has failed to be nominated for president of the European Commission after being widely seen as the frontrunner. Insta- no, no European Commission position for hipster Claus. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. Well, maybe. Maybe. He, he, he might be in the new vice um, uh, president of the European Commission, but, but that he, was his old He is already vice president of the European Yeah, so he, he won't get any promotion, but he might he might be still running for one of these positions. Instead of the former Dutch uh, foreign minister, German defense minister Ursula von, Leyen, von der Leyen has been nominated by EU leaders to replace Jean-Claude Juncker. Although the 58-year-old uh, was the speechenkandidat or leading nominee for the center-left socialist group in the European Parliament. He was opposed by Polish and Hungarian leaders after having uh, criticized both countries for their record in protecting judiciary independence. Wow. So, um, so again, maybe they should have sent Maximarin to, uh, <laughs> to, to talk about uh, and, um, Polish and, uh, judiciary processes as well. Would have been great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's unfortunate for uh, von Stimmermans because he really wanted to He job. really wanted the job as it was quite clear. We'd spent about the last six months campaigning and he'd gone yeah. all around Europe. Um, yeah. But congratulations to uh, Ursula, who's the first yes. uh, women to hold the post, right? It is. Yeah. The, the, but the funny thing is the whole idea of these spitzenkandidat, these you know, sort of fraxi voices yeah. as we yeah. have them in the Netherlands, these leaders of these, uh, of these uh, factions in the European Parliament, was to keep the uh, nomination of these European Commission position out of the back chambers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the idea was we have a, a couple of these people, you can choose one of these and then... You know, it's sort of a democratic yeah. process, and what happened is it all just went immediately into out the, the window. Yeah, uh, yeah, this yeah this went out of the window. It immediately went back into the back chambers, and now um, yeah, Timmermans is not. Yeah, uh, this is the thing, isn't it? So yeah, given that the European Union has come under a lot of criticism lately for you know not being democratic and accountable and doing everything sort of in, in closed doors at uh, midnight, this was not really the best advert for for it to you know to show it was kind of making its. Um, its procedures more uh, more accountable to the people. Yeah. So it was basically all done in, in backroom horse trading. And, and, uh, and usually Frans Timmermans is one of the best players in this yeah, uh, backdoor horse trading. So yeah, it's uh, it's just a shame that he uh, wasn't able to. There was also a very painful uh, video that, that, that came yes, out. Yes, it was. He was talking to was it the Bulgarian Prime Minister? The Bulgarian or the Romanian Prime yeah. Minister, one of these uh, two countries, and he started to talk and uh, exchange pleasantries and uh, yeah. compliment the, the countries, you know, about um, whatever, their yeah. good relationship. And then all of a sudden Timmermans uh, uh, <laughs> looked into the camera and said, I'm not sure if we should record <laughs> this. And then Immediately, the camera was shut out, shut down. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it was uh, dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah, that was also a backdoor, uh, backdoor yeah. game by yeah. uh, Hans Timmermans. Mass hysteria occurred this week when the Dutch government finally started forcing a ban on idiots texting while biking. A Dutch campaign started last week on Friday appealing to people's fiscal feelings with the slogan "Leave your phone alone and keep 95 euros in your pocket." The law refers to all mobile devices that are not being used in hands-free mode, which means tablets, music players, and cameras are also included. Of course, not everyone got the news, and some people were rather annoyed on Monday when they were cycling along, selecting a song on the Spotify playlist, and got stopped by police. I would have particularly liked it if someone was actually choosing a song by the police. That would have been very ironic. Very ironic. 
Um, and it was especially bad news for one woman in Groningen, was it not? One anonymous woman in Groningen was having a real rough day. Yeah. Police in Groningen have had to apologize for revealing on Twitter that a woman who was fined for using her mobile device while cycling had just received some unwelcome medical news. The offending message read, the first cyclist has been fined for holding a mobile phone while cycling, as well as getting a bad result from her doctor on her STI test. She got bad <laughs> news from us, namely a 95 euro fine. Watch out, fines are being issued from today. They later deleted the message. So how did they decide that this was an appropriate thing to put on social media? I think an intern did it. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, the thing is a lot of these uh, wijkagenten, mm. they are, you know, cycling around with their with their phones mm. and they have their own uh, Twitter account. So they are you they are in charge of their social media. Yeah. yeah. Um feed so sometimes you have these uh, you know these normal officers who uh, yeah. don't have a communication um, degree or whatever yeah. and they just uh, tweet anything they uh, that they comes like up in their head and yeah. then yeah sometimes that backfires a bit. yeah so yeah. maybe some kind of vetting is uh, is in order yeah, yeah. perhaps um, so uh, why is this new law in place According to Transport Minister Cora von Neuhausen, it's common sense. She said, quote, in traffic, an accident is just around the corner, and that is why it's important for all road users, including cyclists, to keep their eyes and mind on the road and not on their telephone screen. We often think that we can multitask in traffic, but we really can't, so please drive in, quote, mono mode. I have a clear message for all cyclists. Keep your phone and your 95 euros in your pocket, which I feel like is pretty fair advice. Yeah, that seems fairly sound. Do we think it's going to make a difference? Are people going to stop... Well, so I have a... <laughs> Are they going to enforce this rule? I have some anecdotal evidence, yeah. which is, is that three times when I've been cycling this week, I've had someone abruptly stop in front of me <laughs> in traffic because they've wanted to do something on their phone so that when you pass them, you sort of see that they've taken their phone out to stop. So mm. it seems that people have gotten somewhat of the message, although yeah. I've also seen people still cycling while using their phones. Yeah. So. Uh, apparently, um, one of the shop... Uh, uh, um, sorry, apparently, one of the retail chains, I can't remember which, uh, said there'd been something like a thousand percent increase in their sales of uh, you know, things you clip onto your handlebars yeah. to hold your phone. To hold your phone. So that's yeah. obviously it's, it's, people have got the message uh, financially. Uh, also, I, I also noticed, um, I think there's something in the ASA that uh, talked about what other fines you can get on your bike. Yeah. Uh, did you know that you can be fined 35 euros if you don't stick your hand out when uh, you I did when not turning? know this. Yes. Yeah. I, did I wonder know if that's it's... ever been enforced. No, no never. Yeah. I I say, and, and, and we'd like to get an email from anyone who's actually received this fine. I'm very yeah. sceptical that it's I'm ever been I'm very curious. Um, but I haven't used my phone since uh, July 1st on the bike, so I'm very proud of myself. How do you know that? Have you, not, have you been on your bike since July 1st? Yeah, sure, right. I have. But, you know, every time I wanted to grab my phone, I thought, oh, no, I can't. I'm not allowed anymore. No. So I just kept it in my pocket. So it's obviously working for one person. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, um, I am not a great cyclist to begin with, so I don't generally use my phone while I am biking. I will, like talk on the phone but i have like bluetooth headphones yeah. so like that's yeah I listen that's to music and i can change a song but you can do it like from the headphones basically so i feel like that's probably fine yeah willem holleder's long and exhaustively chronicled criminal career looks to have reached its conclusion the gangland boss was sentenced to life in jail on thursday for ordering the murder of five criminal associates it followed an 18-month trial in a high-security courtroom. Hollander became a household name as one of the gang that kidnapped Freddie Heineken in 1983 and secured a ransom of 35 million guilders, or 16 million euros. His criminal career created plenty of work for crime reporters and gossip columnists. At the height of his fame, he made a rap record and was the subject of an hour-long interview on national television. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know about the rap record. How did you not know about this? <laughs> Everyone knows this. It's one of the best-known things about William Holliday. Oh, with the Lung of France, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I did know that. 
But the court heard that beneath the charming exterior, Holiday was a cold-blooded killer and blackmailer. The case against him was based on testimony from his sisters, Astrid and Sonia, as well as two Crown witnesses. Astrid wrote two best-selling memoirs about her family saga, and now lives in hiding. She said she decided to testify against her brother because she believed she and Sonia were on Willem's hit list. So what's uh, what's been the reactions to the verdict? Uh, yeah, it was a very uh, electric atmosphere in the courtroom uh, on Thursday. There were screams and applause as the chairman of the judges, Frank Wieland, read out the sentence. Holiday was actually taken out of the courtroom when the cheering started, uh, and his lawyer later said he would appeal, and he continues to deny his guilt. He read out a statement claiming there was no evidence against Holiday, and his sisters had made up their testimony in order to cash in on his notoriety. Well, the the funny thing about this court case is that Indeed, there was no evidence, no direct evidence. Well, there's lots of, of witness, witness testimony. But a lot evidence. of indirect evidence. Yeah. And that's why this court case took so long, because yeah. they had to discuss and you know go through all these uh, loads of indirect evidence. And mm. this enormous pile of indirect uh, yeah. evidence led to the conclusion of the court that... Uh, that Including you know, uh, a lot of recordings, because Astrid had started recording her conversations yeah. with her brother. Um and, yeah. But they were he was quite good at sort of speaking in code, essentially. So yeah. they spent a lot of time parsing out. Yeah, the one of these examples things. of this of this speaking in code was uh, uh, w- one of the key witnesses who was in fact a uh, a hired uh, gunman. Mm. Um, he was on the back uh, seat of a car when Willem Holleder apparently said, "Ostorp eerst, Ostorp yeah. first. And yeah. these two words are basically the cornerstone of yeah. the entire case because yeah. uh, w- one of the gangsters yeah. who was who was killed lived in Ostorp. Yeah. And after that, another gangster was killed yeah. as well. So there was a command to go and shoot that guy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. Had to, so, yeah, and the court had to establish that that was indeed what those words meant. Exactly. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of... two words are the... Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the closest thing to a smoking gun that yeah. we have in this court case. Yeah, but as you say, it was all sort of done in, 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 in coded messages and uh, Holliday and Astrid uh, yeah, would, would speak in these, this kind of meta-language, really, and Holliday would say things like, so-and-so is going to lie down, which yeah. was uh, his, his way of saying that they're going to be killed. And lo and behold, usually if he said someone was going to lie down, within a couple of weeks they were dead. <laughs> they were dead, so, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he never had a dog and was teaching him tricks because <laughs> yes. uh, wouldn't have well. No, no. But he's going into appeal? He is going to appeal, yes, and so, well, I suppose given that he's been given life in prison, he hasn't got much to lose, <laughs> no, uh, so exactly. he'll keep it rumbling on. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of commentators thought that he would be convicted, but not necessarily of all five um, yeah. murders. Or that know, he was so going to be given life, yeah, that was was a bit, given. I think that was also a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, um, but, uh, but but he was, I think, the, and, and the judges, you could see, that, I mean, it took about an hour to read out the verdict. Oh, yeah, it's a real even, even that, well, And even what they read out in court was a shortened version. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but they say, I think... Um, from early on, the judge said he found that the two sisters, who were two of the two of the most important of the sixty odd yeah. witnesses, were credible witnesses. And I think once he said that, it was pretty clear that it was not going to end well for yeah, Holliday. The total file of this uh, court case had five hundred thousand uh, yeah. pages. Yeah, it was enormous. So it was enormous. Yeah. yeah. So we won't be seeing uh, Holliday in the pages of uh, Panorama or uh, or Story <laughs> for, 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 or for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or or a new rap album that's probably not uh, no, on the, that's in not the, on the cards. Do you think maybe he's no. going to find Jesus while he's behind bars? Amsterdam's mayor Femke Halsema has pledged to take drastic steps to reduce the pressure of tourism in the red light district and stop sex workers being harassed by hordes of visitors. The mayor said the city had created a many-headed monster in the Wallen district by not tackling the growing problems caused by noisy, drunken stag parties and guided tour groups. It's mostly the British. It is mostly the, the, mostly the Brits. Yeah, definitely. I can't deny that. 
Um, she said the nuisance isn't caused by sex workers themselves. They've become a tourist attraction that draws large numbers of people who come to take selfies there. It's demeaning to the people who work there and that can be supported. Earlier this year, Amsterdam banned all organized uh, tourists from the Wallen as of January 1st next year, after the city's ombudsman described the area as an urban jungle. So, Paul, what's exactly Halsma's plan here? Um, well, she doesn't have uh, a concrete plan, but she has sort of four options. Uh, that she's taking into uh, consideration. The first would be to close the curtains uh, in licensed brothels and make them less attractive to tourists, um, though that would also impringe on sex workers' ability to advertise their services. A second option would be to close all the brothels in the Wallen and move the red light district away from the city center. Um, however, sex workers have already voiced concern about this uh, plan because it could impact uh, on their safety. Uh, alternatively, some of the windows brothels uh, could be relocated so the sex trade is not uh, concentrated so much in this uh, one particular area of the city or the number uh, could be increased to reduce the pressure on individual sex workers yeah. which that is last, the most interesting that last one is really interesting <laughs> is it yeah, so we, we've yeah. got this problem with uh, window brothels so we'll have more of them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it is kind of a creative solution to this to I yeah. think that there is there is value. it's an out of the box it's an out of the box calculation true. but yeah. I think one of uh, Hausmann's reasons here was uh, in addition to uh, the problem with tourism there's also of course the problem with illegal prostitution yeah. City. And she said, if we create more legal prostitution, we can take some of the um, uh, sex workers who are working away. illegally into the legal sector. Yeah. And it'll be safer for them. But these uh, plans haven't gone down at all well with the sex workers, have they? they they've not. There's been a lot of. They've been voicing a lot of concern. I yeah. think they're very. Um, they seem to be very frustrated with the ideas of moving the red light district. I think both because. One, I think it feels like they're being punished um, for something that's not their fault. Mm. Um, and also, I, I think they have a valid concern about, well, if you put them out in some sort of warehouse district outside the city, yeah. it kind of creates a space that's maybe more prone to crime happening. And also, you know, the, work either and the only, yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing that they always say about business is, right, it's location, location, location. So yeah. if you move them outside the city, then maybe they're going to get less, or they're going to they're have fewer customers. So I get that. Um, you know, I also understand that if there's a limited number of windows available, then you can probably charge higher prices than you can if there's more people mm -hmm. providing service. So it drives probably will drive prices down if there's more of them. So I have yet to see a decent a solution to this that seems like it is a, a yeah. Good all one. of these yeah. solutions that are proposed, yeah. they, they they impose a lot of other yeah. problems. It is I a mean, real it's a well, real hard problem, isn't it? It's, I have a solution that I think would work for everyone, which is is that we just ban British tourists from coming to the <laughs> Netherlands, and that I think would solve most of our problems. Well, that problem will will sort itself out in the yeah after years. Brexit. So, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, if the European so, so, so your solution is build the wall, basically. No, <laughs> I don't want an actual wall. What I want is like a. A visa. A very wall. hard Brexit. Yeah. I want a very hard Brexit in which Crimson Brits dipped. have to pay an extremely yeah. high <laughs> amount of money to be able to travel here, uh, and then this problem will solve itself. It's fine. I think that's uh, one of the more sensible solutions Thank that I've heard so mm -hmm. far. Thank you very much. That's not the only thing that Femke Hausmann has been up to this week. Streets in Amsterdam's new Centrum Island district will be named after anti slavery campaigners in the former colonies. That was announced by the uh, Amsterdam mayor this week. She was speaking at the Katakoti, the annual commemoration of slavery in the former Dutch colonies in the city's Oosterpark on Monday. The 27 streets will be named after historical figures, including Indonesia feminist Maria Olfa, the Surinamese activists Otto and Herma Hausward, and Curacao writer Frank Martinez Aron. 
And that's not the um, only big uh, announcement in the context of slavery in Kitty this year, is it? No. no. Um, this year, the government has pledged to spend one million euros a year on a national museum facility dedicated to the history of slavery. Yeah. Where will this uh, museum be? Mm, somewhere in Amsterdam, I think, but they're not—they're uh. not more specifically sure yet. And there are more and more calls to make uh, Kadikoli a national holday in the Netherlands. Yeah, mm. I think that I, would be I a very, be very nice. good solution. Yeah. Yeah, My only good. complaint about that is that I wish it happened in the fall because otherwise it just adds to the fact that the Dutch have like crammed all of their national <laughs> holidays into this very short period, yeah. sort of in the late spring. Well, this is kind of July, which is not yeah. So really it's a little bit later, little bit but it would be nicer if it was like November. That's all. Yeah, I'm but but it's symbolic because it's the date that uh, slavery was abolished in Suriname yeah. in 1863. So, so then I propose that we just move Hamelvart to September. Nobody knows <laughs> what it's for anyway, no, but it seems no, Or Pinkster, which is yeah, a, what's a lot about anyway. Come on, we abolished it in the UK years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically said Christianity put all their holidays into one uh, little yeah. time span. Well, the, the Christian holidays that you guys choose to celebrate, though, because it's, it's not like there's Everybody not... Nobody celebrates that. Nobody no, celebrates... No. no. No, not everyone celebrates no. Hamelvart. No. no. Why not? Because why because would you? Why would you? <laughs> Because Jesus he already had Easter. Jesus, him if I was just him hanging around for a bit and then <laughs> then left. Yeah, outstaying his welcome. Maybe yeah. people, maybe people in Netherlands were just happy that you finally left. Yeah, that's maybe <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, Vitmondach and Pinksterdach, all this stuff. Like, no, they're not celebrated outside of the Netherlands. Oh, okay, that's very interesting. But you could celebrate like All Saints Day, and you know, and for Halloween, and that could be mm. a holiday. I mean, that's fine. Hmm. Like, there's there's other holidays that one could celebrate. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we should have a discussion about this. I think yes. we should discuss maybe we should, this. Yeah. Uh, or reorganizing the religious holiday calendar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just cherry picking whenever you have a... <laughs> I mean, I feel very not bad about Have you moving. ever been to Belgium? Have you seen how many... I've never been to Belgium. It's terrible there. <laughs> <laughs> they have so many national holidays over there. It's All great. These... We should import that idea from Belgium. Yeah, but then the Belgians also have two months off in the summer for the schools. Yeah, which is yeah. one of the largest periods uh, yeah. in Europe, I, yeah. I saw. That's Even... bad for kids, though. Why? Because they they but they don't get any bored. other holidays, so they only no. have the the Christmas break and the yeah. But uh, it's there's a lot break. of evidence that shows that if you have this long period of break in the summer, that they kids move, they they forget stuff yeah. and they move backwards. That explains a lot about Belgium. There you go. <laughs> hmm. The government says it's going to seduce people into taking part That's in its disgusting. climate change program. It's what they said. <laughs> Steph Bork is going to seduce people. I would wish Let's to see move that. on. <laughs> Last Friday, Economic Affairs Minister Eric Wiebes... Oh, Eric Wiebes is going to yes, seduce people. Oh, um, that's better. ...announced slightly. <laughs> he announced a package of measures that was both viable and affordable, he claimed, with the aim of cutting carbon dioxide emissions to half of 1990 levels by 2030 and then eliminate them by 2050. That's the plan. Very ambitious. Yeah. So how are they going to do it, you ask? Well, uh, there's going to be a carbon tax on industry, the introduction of road pricing, subsidies to get people to buy second-hand electric cars, and a fund to help homeowners make their houses more energy efficient. Energy bills will also come down by around €100 per household next year, and that's to offset the big increase everyone's experienced this year. But the big big increase was because of the taxes. That's because of the new taxes they've already brought in. So they're going to lower the taxes now? They're either going to... I I haven't said I don't think exactly how they're going to do it, Mm. but there'll either be some kind of rebate or whatever. We will wait and see. Wait and see. But the entire package is going to cost the government around €1.9 billion a year. So, But uh, there is a lot of criticism. There is criticism, Uh, yes. For example, from Thierry Boutet. We'll come to that. uh, 
Yeah. Shocking. Like. Very, yes, who would have thought it? In a shot move. All, all, but, but other parties are also not happy with the plans. Environmental groups say they don't go far enough and they make too many concessions to industry. They were very quick to, 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 to yeah. point that out. Yeah, as if they sort of almost had their statement prepared exactly. in advance. Uh, industry federations, on the other hand, say the carbon tax will be bad for businesses that are based in the Netherlands and also say that companies who are based elsewhere are not going to understand what the country is doing and they might take a dim- decide to relocate. And of course, we can't mention climate change without bringing in our own favourite overheated Ophef generator. Terabedate went into full tin hat conspiracy mode on PAL this week. Uh, he said it was one of the longest suicide notes in history. He wildly exaggerated the costs. And he claimed that carbon dioxide was perfectly harmless because you get it in Coca-Cola. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he, he is right in that, but it's, that doesn't mean that it's It's not harmless. the point, though, is it? I mean, he, he, he said it's not to... Well, his claim was that we're saying it's, it's if poisonous. If he thinks it's perfectly but, harmless, uh, what I think we should do is just <laughs> lock Cherry Bode up in a room... Yeah. Yeah. With only carbon, carbon dioxide. dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, put your money where your mouth is, Bode. Yeah. As a social experiment, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's perfectly safe, Paul. If it's perfectly safe, yes. he can be in a room full that of it. I'll even give him a Coke. It's fine. Maybe you can put him in a tank full of Coca-Cola. That, see, yeah. that's also an option. Uh, who Remind me, who's, who's the American politician who said after an oil spill that, um, that, that the oil is a natural product and therefore it's not damaging <laughs> to the environment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's, the same, it's the same logic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how have these plans gone down with the public? Well, public support for the whole uh, plan to switch to renewable energy has taken a hit recently, and that's mainly because, uh, as we said, everyone's energy bills went up by like 30 to 50% in January, uh, and people don't like to feel these things in their pockets. No, so the, I didn't like it. Me neither. The social cultural think tank, SAP, there found... There they are again. There they are, as ever. Uh, they found the number of people who supported spending money on combating climate change had uh, fallen from 46% to 38% this year. Mm. So people are still concerned about the environment, but they've kind of taken fright at uh, so much the costs falling on them. They, they are much more worried about their wallets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the cut in energy bills is probably uh, some kind of response uh, to that. And of course, there is still pressure in the other direction because people are going on marches, children are taking days off school to keep the pressure up on the government to press ahead with its plans so it knows it's going to meet some fairly strong resistance if it tries to cut back as well. Hmm. So yeah, there's there, there's vo- vocal lobbies to be satisfied uh, on both sides of the issue. Yeah. And in the meantime, we're... We're still burning. We're, we're burning. Yeah, and, and June, I believe, was the hottest month ever, yeah. ever in yeah, the world. And we've still got July to come. Well, so. there was a, an, another temperature record broken uh, in the past few days. It yeah. was the coldest July night That's in true. the history. Yes. It was minus 1.5 degrees in Achterhoek. Yeah, it was over in Inschede. Yeah, yeah and it, it was really weird to see the like the temperature graph. There was yeah. this just very tiny blue spot yeah. uh, in, in, in the east of the country, and the rest was just you know greenish or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was really So it's about a frost weird the night. Are they going to be holding the Elf's data talk there next week? <laughs> <laughs> We'll be discussing how the Dutch women will be losing to America this weekend after this word from our sponsors. Hey you, you, listening to the podcast for free. We're really glad you all like our OPEF coverage and Dick Laureate jokes, but it costs money to bring them to your ears. If you have a few extra bucks and you would like to support the work we do, you can now back us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl to donate. We will give a shout out to all our backers on the podcast. If you donate 50 euros, Gordon will dedicate the next podcast to his love of lavender stroopwafels. For 75 euros, Molly will watch one entire football match. And for the low, low, low amounts of 100 euros, I will vote for the Socialist Party in the next election. So please go to patreon.com slash DutchNewsNL to support us and keep Truby fed, which is very important. 
In case you couldn't tell from all the screaming on Wednesday night, the Dutch women have made it through to the World Cup final. It's their first time at the final, which will be played on Sunday night against Team USA. So, guys, have we been watching the game? Uh, I think the the second half. No, the extension. I saw the extension. Okay. The, the, the extra time. Yeah, yeah, I saw the extra. Yeah, the extra half hour. Yeah. So you yeah. saw the goal. Yeah, you saw I did. the bit. You saw the exciting bit. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. I have yeah. I have not watched any of it. Even though yeah. you live in a street. <laughs> Yeah, which that's is completely decorated orange for the, and decorated. Yeah. They've been yeah. having watching parties. We've not been. You not been invited. Spe- uh, speaking of things that are completely orange. <laughs> yeah, Gordon, you seem to be celebrating the women. I- I've got my very old, it's more than twenty years old uh, replica nineteen seventies football top on. Yeah. Did you uh, wear that just to troll me today? I did basically. Yeah, yes, I thought I'd wind you up. I thought I'd go full Megan Rapinoe on you. So Molly, how anyone can cheer for <laughs> any team besides the one that Megan Rapinoe is on? I've got, I've got to say, if the consolation is that if the Dutch lose, that Megan Rapinoe will, will be on the winning side. I mean, I was I was on the fence about who I was going to support. <laughs> although Megan Rapinoe is amazing, until we beat England. And after the second goal that they scored, the American player <laughs> runs over to the sideline and fakes like she was drinking a cup of tea yeah. as like a celebration. And yeah. then I was like, these, these ladies are amazing. I have to cheer It was them. a true Boston Tea Party. It was a true yeah. Boston it, Tea Party. It was a party. fantastic piece of trolling. They yeah. got the trolling down to be. Yeah, this was Alex, Alex Morgan. Yes. It was also her 30th birthday. Yes. When so she, she had it. Yeah, she's so doing real good. She had reasons to, to drink tea. Yeah. Although I think the, the, the outrageous thing for me was that when she did simulate the drinking tea, she stuck a little finger her out. Her little finger out. Yeah. 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 Just totally yeah. against all protocol. Uh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yes, but it's like the yeah, American mocking of how we assume that British people behave in all social situations. No, we never ever stick up in little fingers. Well, I, I don't really drink tea, to be fair. Yeah, so yeah. Shush. we drink tea from these cups with these tiny, tiny little handles. Yeah. So therefore, but you, you have can't to put your, your finger out. It's like proper. You protocol. don't have to. No, you, you, oh you have to God. discipline yourself not to. Does the Queen put her finger out? Of course she not. Goodness. Don't, don't you even ask. Which finger? Thank God you people went independent. Okay. <laughs> I did see a sign yesterday for 4th of July that was in front of a bar that was like celebrating Brexit 1776, which I thought was amazing. Um, so, so, Gordon, you're the only one that's been watching this I'm with any sort of, of regularity. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about how the games have been going. How was Wednesday night's match against Sweden? Sweden, the semi-final against Sweden. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't the greatest game of football, no. to be honest. And actually, to be fair, I think the Dutch have had a little bit of luck in the sense that they've got into the half of the draw, which was not has not had all the difficult teams yeah. in. So they, they, they haven't played the USA so far, or England, or France, yes. who are basically the top sides yeah. in this tournament. Uh, they have played Japan and Canada, but they yeah. played Canada in the group stage when they'd already gone through. Both yeah. teams had already qualified. Uh, wh- where do you place the Netherlands in these four countries that you listed the US they're, they're uh, not as good as any of them no, basically. no okay. I don't think this time England the USA uh, and France uh, uh, I think are all stronger sides and probably Germany as well but Germany of course lost to Sweden mm-hmm. um, So, but the Swedes also have a very good team but the, the Dutch won fair and square in the semi-final it wasn't the greatest game it was quite nervous there weren't a huge amount of chances uh, Sweden had in the beginning of the second half had a couple of really good chances and the Dutch goalkeeper Sari von Feenendal made some really crucial saves but then Vivian Miedema struck the bar uh, with about 10 minutes to play and Leo Winnan stepped up a gear and then uh, Jackie Coonan scored what was a very good goal actually she, she wears oh. a number 14 shirt ah. in honour of Johan Kraf mm-hmm. which oh, really? is also what I'm wearing today of course. Is, it, is it number 14? It's number 14 oh yeah. yeah it's number 14 of, of course, course it is, it is. Yeah. Um, and it was a very sort of Johan Kraf type goal she just sort of burst forward with the run and stuck the ball in the bottom corner so, so she was the real Johanna Kraf Johanna yes um, so I have not been watching a lot of the games. I have been 
uh, reading about them on Twitter. Mm. Um, and the thing I keep seeing on Twitter is something about the VAR. <laughs> yes. So can you explain what that is and why it is generating you so <laughs> much op You pronounce it completely incorrectly. I don't care. The yeah, VAR. In Dutch, say the VAR. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, but I'm not cool. Dutch, so... Yeah. <laughs> Even though your street is completely <laughs> It's my street, it's not me. <laughs> you, you helped hang them. No, Niels helped hang oh, them. Niels, okay. Yeah, the VAR, or the, or the VAR, whatever you want to call it, has been a source of enormous controversy, basically because it's a way of making sure that the rules are actually upheld and followed in the game. What is it exactly? <laughs> and supporters is, don't like that. No, supporters <laughs> really, really hate that for some reason. It's kind of digital assistance to the okay. referees. So there's a panel of referees in a little room in the stadium who are watching the game on screens, a bank of about half a dozen screens, and they can use slow motion and all the technology available. And they're always very far away. They're not never they're located far away. In, the, in, the, in the actual stadium. No, I think, always... uh, I think they're hidden. Yeah, so yeah. the crowd can't get to Yeah, them. so the crowd yeah. can't get to them. <laughs> so they're basically like there's just like a lot of cameras on the field and they can use this yeah. to like they, see they how certain the... things happen, right? Exactly. Like in every every normal sport. Yes. Yeah, in every uh, other sport, yeah. It's a bit they do this well. Except for American baseball, which is also really right. stuck to the fact that they don't want any sort of video yeah. assistance. But. But, but these referees in the little studio are in, are in contact with the referee on the field so that he can advise her. It's usually Hopefully referees. they don't have a KPN network. No. But exactly. Oh, not been what happens the if there's a referee storing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chaos and messes through. <laughs> <laughs> so they can advise the referee. So if they, if they think the referee has got a decision wrong or has missed something, then they can give a, have a word in their ear. The referee can also, if they they're doubtful about what decision they should make, they can consult the VAR. And the VAR panel can advise the referee just straight away on what their opinion is, or they can say, say to the referee, go and have a look on it. There's a screen by the side of the pitch yeah. that the referee can watch and can review the incident themselves. Okay. So the it's, always the referee, yeah, it's always the referee on the pitch who decides what to do, but the VAR panel can advise them and sometimes say, you know, uh, that looked like a penalty to us, and then the referee can decide whether or not to change the decision. And why have people been so upset about this? Because football is just a deeply, deeply conservative sport, mm. and uh, people just resistant to any idea of introducing technology or, or, or making things fairer. It's really strange because you know, people complain about instances like slowing the game down or they complain when a decision is made that would never have been seen. Like there was a penalty for England against the USA in the semi-finals, where the English player went down the penalty area and she'd just been nudged from behind by the American defender so just knocked her knee and that was enough to put her off her stride so she missed the kick now a referee could never have seen that just to, just with the naked eye it was such a slight contact but it was significant enough to you know to, to be a foul and right. it was a correct penalty but everyone complained afterwards said oh they shouldn't have given that because the referee wouldn't have seen it normally that's the whole point of the VAR but England missed a penalty anyway so yeah. <laughs> naturally so, <of> course. <laughs> yeah, in a predictable sequence of events yes. so <clears throat> what are the women's chances the Dutch women's chances on Sunday, Gordon? Uh, I think fair to say if it goes to the form book the Americans will win. I think the Americans have shown in this tournament they are the best side in the world and uh, they should, if they play to their full capacity, they should be too strong for the Dutch. Uh, but the Dutch are the European champions. They've won their last 12 matches uh, in tournament football, so they'll have a lot of confidence. Uh, they will start as underdogs, which maybe is an advantage for them. The expectations are low and they can just go out and play freely. As long as they don't get overwhelmed uh, by the USA in the early stages of the game, they'll grow in confidence and start to believe they can do it. Also, the Americans haven't, although they've, they've beaten England and they've beaten France and they've obviously uh, come through some strong matches and they've got a strong squad they haven't been that convincing in some of their other games against Spain they needed two penalties and the former American coach I think Hope Solo I read something this morning said that she, she thought that they, they were playing too conservatively they tend to go 1-0 up and then just hold back and defend rather than go for the kill and uh, try and score a second goal right. and that makes them vulnerable mm. so all those things mean that I think the Dutch have a chance but they are definitely going to start as underdogs also of course we should say one of their best players 
Mika Martins has been struggling with a toe injury. Yeah. And there's a big... I mean, she had to be taken off uh, for the second half against Sweden. And uh, there's questions about whether she's going to be fit for the final. And even if she plays, will she be fit? Will she be on top form? Right. She's just the uh, Arjen Robert of the women's team. She seems to be, yeah. Very good, but very injury prone. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my mother-in-law stopped by yesterday. My in-laws have been threatening to disown me over the uh, <laughs> cheering of the US. My mother-in-law said, yeah, but the Dutch are going to win because they have better luck than the Americans do. <laughs> <laughs> So. Maybe they should relocate the the match to a uh, Vietnamese rice field, and the U.S. doesn't stand a chance. That's true. Yeah, or to Thailand, or anywhere in the Middle East. That yeah. would also be fine. Um, so, are we watching the game on Sunday? Sure. I yeah. think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. What time does it start? Uh, five o'clock. Yeah. And uh, the king will be cheering for them as well. He's uh, coming over to I'm, Lyon. Lyon is where they play. I'm going to have to yeah. rustle up some sort of American-related. Like, I, it's because I'm not a real American. I don't own anything American related, so I'm going to have to find something to wear. Yeah. Also, my uh, my mother-in-law informed me that I am under no circumstances allowed to put any sort of American attire on her grand dog uh, and that he will be confiscated if there are photos of him wearing some sort of American flag type apparel. So, so, so you can't have any kind of uh, hat or... Uh, no, or no. Stars no. Or a mega hat. Yeah. I'm, I, if I had a MAGA hat, I might do it just to troll them. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. to see. Yeah. So, so from what we've seen... I have watched a bit. I've yeah. watched... I sort of got more into the... I haven't really watched the Dutch women, although I've been getting the, like, live updates because, first, my street is very obsessed with mm. it, and also my in-laws, um, in particular, like, my sister-in-law is very, very into the game. So I've been sort of accidentally watching it through WhatsApp. And I've been... I did watch a bit of the, the US match against England and uh, one of the earlier matches because I was just sort of, like, kind of interested, basically, yeah. in, in Megan who is now officially the love of my life. She's <laughs> amazing. She's taken, I believe. Yeah. She's really good Yeah, girlfriend. I know. She yeah. is. Yeah, she, her girlfriend is a professional <laughs> basketball player, so maybe I should be careful. Yeah. <laughs> who wrote a delightful article about uh, how, what it's like to have your girlfriend be called out by Trump on Twitter, yes. which is very entertaining. That went viral in itself. Yeah. She yeah. got called out on Twitter by Yeah, Trump? because she yes. said in a... She Megan said she wasn't said going it, to the White House. Yeah, she, no, she said she wasn't going to the fucking White yes. House. Oh. And Trump lost his goddamn mind. But <laughs> she's also really great, I think, because she was one of the the first other professional athletes to support the Colin Kaepernick, like American football protests, which was a thing. Mm. And that U.S. soccer was forced to change the rules to say all players have to stand during the national anthem because she was kneeling and this caused a whole bunch of problems. So now she refuses to sing the national anthem as a, as a form of protest, which I think is like quite impressive. Yeah, so. and she's also going to refuse to go to the White House, I believe. And she's going to refuse to go to the White House. Yeah. And the she fucking White the House. The fucking White yes. House. Uh, and she dyed her hair purple. She's yeah. just she's just a delightful oh. human being. Yeah. And so. she scored most of their goals as well, so yeah. it's kind of indispensable to the um, team. But yeah, the team so, has just kind of been yeah. overall delightful to sort of watch, so I'm happy. I'm happy for that. Yeah. So Molly, does this finally prove that women are superior to men? Yeah, can we just finally agree that <laughs> football well, is for girls and not for guys? The, the male team isn't doing that bad recently. They are getting better. They are yeah. getting better. Yeah. Even though I, I mean, then maybe someday they too can be as good as the women and get paid, this, <laughs> yeah, get paid the same paid amount the same. and get the same amount of attention and that kind of stuff. Yeah. My thousand-year-old Dutch teacher, um, who is Belgium, Belgian, and also extremely conservative, like does not, is shocked that my partner cooks dinner every time I see him. Mm. We have a discussion about whether or not my partner is making dinner and how crazy this is that he knows how to cook. <laughs> Who does not know where, like, the tea and the sugar are kept in his own kitchen, despite the fact that I always have tea with sugar in it when I come to his house. And I've been going there for three years for Dutch lessons. <laughs> said to me the other day that uh, he was really impressed with the women because he didn't think that any male team could beat them and therefore it's a real sport now. 
that's what it's <laughs> it's called. It's real sport. Yeah. yeah. So. They have had, I mean, I think five million people watched the semi final. People are yeah. yeah. real it's, into it's, it. It's really, it's, it's yeah. broken uh, through, I think. I'm super happy to see that. viewers less than the uh, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur Ajax yeah. match uh, at the yeah, uh, so semi finals of the. So it's uh, definitely hit another level. One of the things you really has uh, been refreshing is there's been very little kind of, you know, sort of cheating, play acting, players rolling over, waving red cards, imaginary red cards at the referee, and all that kind of business. Because women are superior to men, Gordon. Yeah. That's okay. we have two takeaways from this podcast this week. Don't read Moby Dick and women are superior. <laughs> you know what? You can send your complaints to Molly at Dutch News. I will all take them. So, so who are we cheering for on Sunday? Obviously, you're cheering. I'm for cheering for the USA. US. I'm the, cheering for the Netherlands. Yeah. Who are you going to cheer for? Clearly, the I'm cheering up to cheer for the cheer for the Netherlands. Right. Yeah, we're giving. I've got two Dutch children. Yeah, so that's that's fair. The, this that's my house is going to be real. I, I think it's going to be very uncomfortable because the the Dutch boyfriend is is cheering for the Netherlands, ah. and he can get very weirdly into like sporting <laughs> events in a way that you would not expect him to. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, good luck to... I'm going to say good luck to the Only good luck to the Dutch. That's fine. We don't need your luck because we're just better than you guys are. <laughs> Is there, if, if the Netherlands uh, doesn't win... They only want to have a victory parade if they actually win. Yeah, so yeah, unlike, yeah, unlike the men sense. who had a victory parade when they lost. Yeah. Um, because the, men are inferior to women. <laughs> yeah. They have already got plans for the victory parade. I think uh, they're going to start... I'm very happy that they only get it when, when they actually win because yeah. it just doesn't make sense to have a victory parade when you... <laughs> you have to... <laughs> when you you know, exactly. you have to caress these fragile male egos, Paul. <laughs> that's, that's what true, happens. That's true. But I fear, I think uh, the Dutch are going, women are going to live up to the tradition of the men by losing the World Cup final, as, <laughs> the, men have, as the men have done three times. That's too in bad. History. <laughs> that's all that we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can now send comments, compliments, and abuse by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl. My thanks to Gordon Derrick and Paul Paters. I'm Molly Quell. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.